Flora Dane Parker and my name's Eleanor Parker and you are listening to the very first episode of the Bygones podcast, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast through 2018 eyes and this is our very first episode so I guess Eleanor we should talk about why Ali McBeal, why a podcast, why? what's going on here, <laughs> who, well why? first up we should probably say that we're sisters Yes, we are sisters. Hopefully you'll be able to tell us apart. Many people say we sound alike, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So why are we why are we doing Ali McBeal? So we're doing Ali McBeal because it was a show that well, in my mind, it's the first adult show that we watched with our parents that I remember I just remember it feeling very special because we were allowed to stay up slightly later than that maybe we normally would be allowed to. Yeah, I think it used to air at like, I mean... Was it like nine? Like nine or ten. Which... Uh, Channel four yeah. or something. Looking back, I'm pretty certain that there were blatantly jokes in it that I probably... Went prob- your head. Yeah, completely. Yeah. But it was just something... Yeah, I remember feeling very grown up watching yeah. it. Yeah, we were like... I mean, our parents loved it, so yes. that helped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how old were you when it came out? Um, it first aired in... 97... I don't know whether that would have been when it was first showed in England, yeah. though. That's yeah. the American release. So yeah. I wonder whether it was probably more like 98. Year. Yeah, yeah. In which case I would about. have been around 11. Yeah, I would have been 13. Yeah. So, yeah, so we were quite young yes. when it first started, but, yeah. One wonders whether it was appropriate that we were watching yeah. it at that age. Mum, Dad, uh, we have some <laughs> questions you. for your parenting decisions. <laughs> But yeah, I just remember really, really taking in the things, the kind of things they were saying and yeah. agreeing with them. I mean, a lot of the things they were talking about were things I probably wouldn't have been very aware of anyway, because I was 11. It felt quite progressive at the time. Yeah. Because it had things like uh, unisex bathrooms, it dealt with a lot yes. of topical issues mm. um which at the time felt really like hot topic yeah like oh they're really like you know and really here. yeah and really like uh, i mean i think when we go through the series uh, i think david e kelly really had uh, he's the man who created the show and wrote every episode i think like, yeah i don't apart think from one i i think I, I think he co-wrote on some of them yeah. but most of them he yeah. is solely credited credited as the writer yeah and I think as we go through it, he does appear to have a bit of an obsession with sexual harassment cases. Yeah. But then turning that on their head Heads. as to what, you know, maybe what was uh, the commonly held judgment in these things, he'd kind of flip on its head and question. Yeah. And at the time, like you say, that felt really progressive and like, oh, wow, yeah, I haven't thought of it this way before. But yeah. now... But, Looking back. <laughs> so yeah, so now we're coming to the point of us doing this podcast um, because we both obviously have really fond memories of mm. watching it. I mean, I was 13 going through to about 16, I guess, while it was still on the air. Yeah. I don't know. I, can't I, I don't think I watched it all the way I didn't watch through. it all the way through. No. I, I have since. Yeah, um, same here. I didn't at the, originally. At the time. I lost interest. <laughs> 
which we'll get to as we go through the podcast. And, and that was a, quite an impressionable age for yes. me because I was making decisions on what subjects I wanted to study at yes. school and what I might want to do at university. Yes. And I actually went on to do law at university. And I joke about this a lot. But I do think it has a very big element of truth. Yeah. Part of it was because of Annie McBeal. Yeah. It would have, like... She made being a lawyer look super fun. And, <laughs> like, I just wanted to be Really her. interesting. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be her. Like, I'm not going to lie. And I have since spoken to women who are my age who also did law at university. And I am not the only one who went credits, because of Annie McBeal. Credits Annie McBeal, yeah. And I think, you know, that can't be a bad thing, like, that that impact to have. No. However, kind of flip side of that is I remember, you know, equally, I, I would have been 11 at the time of watching it, and I remember parroting views that I would have ripped directly from Ali McBeal mm. well into my early 20s. Mm. Like, that now I look back on and I'm like, oh my God, like that, yeah. what a load of rubbish. So this is why we wanted to do the podcast, yes. essentially, because we have... We loved the show when it was first yes. on, but on re-watching it through today's eyes... We have mixed we feelings. We have mixed feelings. <laughs> and we thought that was interesting to explore and yeah. dig into a little yeah. bit. And we also sort of did a search on, on iTunes and realised there aren't that many Annie McBeal podcasts. Yeah. There's lots of West Wing, there's lots yeah. of Dawson's Creek, there's lots of, you know, Buffy. Buffy um, and, you know, those are all great shows, but we were like, where's the Annie McBeal? Where is Annie McBeal? <laughs> So we've decided to fill the gap and hopefully you'll enjoy it and you'll come along with us and yeah. as we go through tearing apart our childhood dreams. <laughs> so without further ado, yes. let's dig into the first episode which is imaginatively named Pilot as our many first episodes <laughs> of TV shows. So I've got here that it first aired on the 8th of September 1997. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you were doing then? Probably, I don't know, I was at school, wasn't I? Yeah, I would have been in my last year of uh, primary school. Oh no, I was in secondary school. Yeah. Uh, it would have been my second year at secondary school, so I'd have been, what, 12? Yeah. I don't know. That nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I'd stopped wearing, like, the nerd version of the uniform and tried to transition into the cool girl version of the uniform, but not quite naming it, so I think that's probably where I was at. In that's life. where you were. <laughs> Okay, so let's start and and dig into the pilot. So my first note is about uh, the music, because the first song that comes on is The Boy Next Door by our, what I'm going to refer to as our singing narrator, Vonda Shepard. Yeah. Um, Because that is what she does, is like literally signposting the emotions all through the series yeah. and sometimes it is very on the nose yeah uh, in a good way well yeah sometimes okay. sometimes I'm like oh god this is just a bit too on the nose like <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's another episode yeah. yeah exactly so this is uh, the boy next door and we are straight into yeah can we I just do. talk about how much we love that song I do like that song it's just it's very Everyone has a boy next door. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a great, yeah. I know. think I actually did when this episode aired. And you were like, it's like me. Yeah, I think I did. 
that's part of what I empathise with Ali about, about having that kind of crush. Um, crush. It's yeah. Because at that age, you feel crushes very, very intensely. Yeah. And um, for... And weirdly, if I think about how old is Ali supposed to be? Well, this is something that did c- crop up for me because for, for ages I've assumed she was like 30. No. And she's not. No, because Because Richard fish. says yeah. we're, be- we're not even in our 30s. 30s. Uh, I think, is it in this episode? I think it might be. Like, he, he, and I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, you are definitely in your 30s, Richard Rich. <laughs> I know, I know. We're skipping around a bit, but basically, yeah, I mean, she is... I think she's only late, been out of... Yeah, maybe. I think she's only been out of university, like, three years. Yeah. Is the impression I get. And so now... So that would make her about, what, 20... 25, 26, yeah. Um, I don't know, like mid-20s, let's say. And having now been through those ages, I mean, I just assumed watching it as a 13-year-old that, oh gosh, I guess crushes, you just always have crushes. And now having been through my mid-20s, I'm like, you do not always have crushes. Yes, I know. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Yeah, get over it. (laughs) Yeah, I know, completely. So the first shot that we have of the episode is this whole romantic montage which is lovely yeah of of all set to the boy next door yeah Um, yeah yeah it's all kind of sepia toned and they're sniffing their bums Uh, (laughs) who sniffs somebody else's bottom like is that a thing they're acting like it's a thing but i'm pretty sure it's not, not a thing. thing. Well, clearly for Ali and Billy, they it was a thing. <laughs> I mean, this comes up quite often, the fact yeah, that they met because they, they liked each other. Sniffed each other's, each other's butts. butts. <laughs> and I just don't think, I mean, I never did that. I mean, I know they're no. meant to be like seven or whatever at yeah. that point, but And yeah. then, like, there's a shot of um, them kissing as children, like her first kiss. Yeah, which is quite um, sweet. It is quite sweet, but I was like, does anyone remember their first kiss? Yes. That well? I do. I don't. Oh, okay. No, not at all. Like... It feels like it's a bit much for us to go into that in that first episode <laughs> share that with the world. But I do remember my first kiss and it was, you know, super awkward and like bumpy or whatever. But it was, it was... They do make that kiss look incredibly sweet. Yeah, but yeah. it is, I do have, like when I think back to my first kiss, on an objective level, I'm like, yeah, it was awkward and bumpy. But on a like emotional level, I'm like, it was very sweet. Like it was just sweet. No, I can't remember my first kiss. Mm, anyway. There you go. Maybe that's just my bad memory. But then they move into, like, them at law school. And yes. that's where we actually get Gil Bellows well, and Ali and Calista. What, what I find really sad, almost, is she goes... She followed Billy to college. Yeah. Like, I didn't even want to be a lawyer. I only did it for him. I only did it yeah. for him. And then yeah. she later goes, like, oh, maybe I studied too hard. And it's just like... What are you saying, Ali? Like you, you were just like a bit too into your college course. Like what are you talking about? And yeah. that's what, like, she's clearly. I mean, the fact that she's still milling over, like the fact that Billy left, yeah, because she was too smart, or yeah. like it was just like she's very much blaming herself, yeah, um, which and... I find really sad. What you do think is that she did fall in love with the law and that's why she's now a lawyer. Otherwise you'd think that she would have gone and done something else. Well, she says, doesn't she? She says, you've chosen the law to move. Because this is the whole point in the flashback. They're at law school together. Ali has got some 
crazy law school hair. That's how you know she's <laughs> got you know it's these little bangs. Yeah, like uh, really long hair. <laughs> Billy drops the bombshell that he's going to move to Boston and it's broken, I don't know, to do more law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing more law, but over there. <laughs> or did he get offered a job? I don't know. I'm I don't sure. know. He basically, he's been given an opportunity to study law somewhere more prestigious or... or to do some work experience somewhere prestigious I yeah. don't know but the, he's transferring yeah anyway. he's going and she's like well I'm not gonna follow you I you've chosen the law I choose law too yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you'd think you know I choose Boston yeah no so sorry he's they're at Boston he's moving he's to moving. Michigan that's yeah it. that's yeah. it yeah she so that's the that's the that's intro the, the sort of introduction to the whole setup of her internal life and as a setup for a show given that it's the first episode I do think it works well because the whole of this first season in particular is all about her struggling to come to terms with her um, relationship with Billy now yeah. as it stands after they've broken up and re- moved on you know moved on and you know this background filling in and like exposition I think is quite smartly done because mm. it makes you it's shot so nicely and so sympathetically and so sweetly that you're immediately like you've got that as their relationship in the back yeah, of your head like how you it used know, to be with yeah them. it's very rose tinted very probably felt like destiny Innocent, at yeah, the time yeah. you know like we're just meant to be yeah. until they weren't and actually that I mean I didn't time it but that intro only lasts for a couple of minutes yeah and actually yeah. that's amazing to get that much investment from me as a viewer in that relationship in that yeah. short amount yeah. of time because yeah. that's what they then lean on for the whole of the rest of the series mm. like mm. her memory of that relationship and that's why it affects her so much yeah because she compares everything else to it but all from those two minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's quite powerful. Yeah, it's quite very clever. good. So then we go to the theme song. That's that's it. That's I've like, been there. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do hear that in my head. Yeah. Like when I'm just like walking down the road, <laughs> and I want to feel like sassy. empowered. <laughs> so yes, right. So this first bit of the episode, I found really re-watching it now I was like oh my god they pack in yeah. so much like stuff. this is now her life and it just goes like it's like from mm. shot to shot to shot yeah, yeah, where yeah. is quick, she quick, and quick, how quick, she quick. gets yeah. to where she's going to be for the rest of the series yes yeah um, and part of me is like did they overcomplicate this I feel like this is like I don't know let, should we maybe break it down like scene by scene as to what happens and yes. then we can talk about yeah okay so so that we see her in like a a fancy law firm. Yeah, you can tell she's by the so, fake columns on the wall. Yeah, so she's she's uh, clearly graduated from college. Is in you know where she's supposed to be. Yeah, as a lawyer, doing and, well. Yeah, she likes it. Yeah, and, and then this butt grace asshole. <laughs> Jack Billings. Yeah. And what I really like about that is that there's a moment where she goes, uh, something along the lines of, like, at first I thought I was imagining it. Yeah, that happens so often in situations like that where it is not your imagination, but you are, you you start off by doubting yourself and your experience. Because oh it was never that obvious yeah, to start with yeah and that is often the nature yeah. of these things so but then one night she's in the library and he does not graze he full on grabs <laughs> yeah her bottom and that, I mean wow yeah wow like a proper 
like hashtag who's your Harvey <laughs> like I know it was really yeah re-watching this was like wow what a time to re-watch I know this yeah that particular episode and you know and the greys is when other people are around which yes you know although it's not that obvious and you can it's you know not obvious enough for you to question it as the person who's the victim well, you feel but it's like also you yeah. really brazen it's like in front of other people mm. and then he like obviously waits until she's alone in the library to actually go in for the full-on you cannot Proper. dismiss this yeah this my is my imagination no yeah like this is happening I'm doing this and to be fair to Ali she turns around straight away and is like don't you ever do that again yeah um she doesn't freeze which has always been my instinct when someone does something yeah, like I, that i honestly I have freeze. no idea what i would do <laughs> if someone grabbed my butt if i was on yeah. a ladder in a library yeah but i mean she, she drops a book on his head which i yeah enjoy. she throws a book in his head yeah. <laughs> which is a great you know that's now my go-to for when i ever i'm ever in that situation i drop a book throw on a book head. at head so that happens so she complains she goes to so house. he then lose he he gets told he's fired and so he turns around to their boss and says well i'm gonna sue and then he says that what he has is ocd and he can't stop himself i mean from grabbing bums listeners can't (laughs) see me but i am rolling my eyes yeah like ocd is that real yeah well it's that thing yes well, I mean, it's Apparently. it's that thing of like, well, isn't it? It because what he starts to do as as part of his defence, as part of is, strategy, yeah, he starts grabbing butts, butts, like, except oh, whoops, yeah, <laughs> except it's that thing of like, I notice you're only grabbing young, attractive women's butts, like no one else's butt. Like yeah. if it was a real there's a shot, OCD, yeah, there's like a shot of him walking through walking the office, through an just office. Being, like picking up paper and then going, ooh, squeeze a butt, ooh, uh-huh. squeeze a butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. And what's funny is you watch the reactions of the people whose butts are being grabbed and yeah. they're just like, oh, Jack, yeah, oh, like, you can't help oh. it. <laughs> I'm like, no, sorry. They end up saying, we would rather fire you yeah. than fire him yes. because he makes more money. Yes. And uh, they would rather basically keep the abuser than deal. Which is atrocious. Yeah, obviously. completely, completely. Um, so she quits. So she quits, yeah. Good for... And do you know what? I was... I remember watching this as a a young woman being like, wow, like, she's she's not weak. No, You know, she's strong. Yeah. Like, the the kind of setup before the theme song is her being, like, nostalgic about this relationship and you think, oh, is she going to be just this wistful, weak woman that Mm. we... But actually, this very... Straight after the theme song, you're like, oh no, this isn't no, what we might not. have expected from yeah. a romantic drama yes. that, that's happening. She's actually, you know, she's quite she's not, strong. She's not going to be walked over. Yeah. Um, so she quits because she has to quit. And then... Well, this should... is the thing, is that it, she quits because she has to quit. Well, a lot of people wouldn't be able to just quit. Yeah, that is so her she she does have, you know, she she is in a privileged position where she doesn't have kids to look after or, or you know, but anything like that. She does like have that. rent to pay and stuff. Yeah, she does, but uh, and that's what's quite funny is that she quits <laughs> has a box of 
office stuff that she's taking with her out of the building Literally, and walks fat bang into Richard Fish who immediately yeah immediately offers her a job it's like well, <laughs> well that was quite funny is he doesn't immediately offer a job. She walks out, bumps into him, like, randomly in a dressing yeah. just happens to be there. And she even says in the voiceover, like, oh, I knew him from law school, but we weren't close. Mm. But then she proceeds to tell him her, like, entire life story about the butt grabbing. Like, yes. if I bumped into someone I wasn't that close with at university after being fired, I probably would have been, like... I don't know, just made up something and been like, yes, I see ya, and not well, been... Yeah, so then we end up, he takes her... To the office. immediately, yeah, to the like, office. Yeah, literally. Does like, she still have her box in her hand? Yeah, yeah, she might do, like, and... The first thing I noticed was that Cage was mentioned, but we don't see him. Yeah, and... off having Botox. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's out of character for John Cage. <laughs> like, considering we get to know him later, like... He is not... They clearly hadn't worked out who the partner was, no. like, his character. Or maybe even point. cast him yet. Yeah. I don't know. So it was just like, oh, what do partners do in a law firm? I guess they get Botox. Get Botox, maybe. <laughs> um, we immediately get introduced once we're at the... Uh, law firm to Elaine as well. Yeah, so she has a new job, a new office, and a new assistant in the space of like half an hour. I mean, hour. what was Elaine doing until I <laughs> showed up? <laughs> I mean, maybe she was helping, maybe she's just, not just Ali's assistant, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder whether she was just admin and they were like, we've got a new lawyer, uh, you, you'll do. And the favourite thing is Elaine says, would you like a voice activated dictaphone? It's in the budget. <laughs> like, oh great, how much do they cost? Like, ten dollars? <laughs> I mean, maybe they cost more at uh, 97. Yeah, maybe. It was like the height of technology. Anyway. <laughs> and then, straight after meeting Elaine, yes. who do we get introduced to but Billy, Billy. Alan Thomas. I know. Um, and then and there were a lot of mouth close-ups. Yeah, and lots of staring. Yeah. Lots of staring. And everyone's fine. And Billy has... Well, you say that, but Billy has really bad hair. Like, he's got, like, his receding hairline with this awful little, like, wispy fringe. It just looks so bad. It's like... (laughs) It was very 90s. (laughs) It was very bad. (laughs) After she's given this case, Billy comes in. She's like, okay, Billy, we know each other. And Richard's like, oh, yeah, you used to date. I forgot about that. Um, And... She's like, everything's fine, everything's fine, don't worry about it. And then Ali escapes to go to the bathroom to kind of have a calm down together. And that's when she realises it's the unisex. Yeah, the unisex bathrooms. I don't think I'd ever heard of the concept before this show. And the only reason she realises that is because Richard follows her in there. She's like, Richard, I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, oh no, it's a unisex bathroom. And really, unisex bathrooms are the future, so... Totally. Well How done. progressed? Like, yeah. who knew that we would... I Ali McBeal would it, call it. Exactly, and be like, it's so simple, just have unisex bathrooms. Because I... Someone said this to me recently, which blew my mind, because I was like, of course, like, stupid. All our bathrooms at home are unisex. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Why do we have... Why do we segregate Have them? this kind of hysteria around gendered bathrooms i yeah i don't understand Ah, the world anyway uh, oh we come across the first sort of dodgy 90s effect with when is it does billy come into the bathroom or the 
yeah, she says, oh, it's, she's talking to herself in the mirror. Right, yeah. And she says, oh, this is just one of those things, a funny bounce of the ball. And, and then yeah, this, we get this massive ball. <laughs> we get a, her having a vision of a ball dropping. Yeah. Which is, as you say, the first uh, kind of cutaway or cutaway that yeah. we have, which becomes a massive a thing that the show is known for. Yes. Um, I mean, really, Ali McBeal invented the gift. Like, the meme because they are all that's what they all are so then we're into the next morning yeah and we meet Renee Renee we meet Renee the the best (laughs) that's another future episode sorry who is uh, and this is the thing is that I I do love Renee as a character oh she's great I do think that is largely down to um, what's her name Lisa Marie Carson Lisa Nicole Carson Lisa Nicole Carson sorry Lisa Nicole Carson is the actress and she's a very charismatic presence on screen so I think that largely my love for her comes from that actress's performance but I do think the character I don't think the show treats her very well I think the show she is she is that trope without the the, much I would say they don't treat she doesn't get treated well no well but she is that black best friend trope you know she purely exists her whole, like, anytime she's on screen, it's always to do with Ali and Ali's life and what's happening in Ali's world. Yeah, we rarely get anything we, about her. Yeah, very rarely get it. I mean, I can only like, really think... Like, even how think, they became friends. Yeah. Or like, why they're living together. Yeah, never nothing get about her family, nothing about right. her... I mean, we get sort of it glimpses into what she does for, as a job because she is also in... Uh, she's... she a defence She's lawyer? a DA. DA, yeah. So... Yeah, but we don't we don't ever really know much about her other than her, and also we don't get a lot of character development for her either. No, no. Like I can think of one storyline for her that took place across an episode, and I can yeah, think, I think of I things that yeah, that. and I can think of things that happen later, but it's all very background. It's all very it's not in depth at all and it's such a shame because as you say she is such a yeah she's just played so well yeah and they could have done more with her oh they could have done so much more with her and the thing is is like and this isn't a thing of like well it's the Ali McBeal show so everyone's world revolves around Ali and it's like well that's not true like because all the other characters we get backstory on Elaine we get backstory on uh, Georgia and Billy and we get development and and character sort of arcs that is completely exclusive and away from from Ali yeah and Renee does not get that treatment and I do think justice for Renee yeah yeah justice for Renee like um but Back to... Back to Renee and the bathroom. So Ali is... It's the next day, basically, I assume. And Ali is getting ready for work. And she's in the bathroom. Renee is in the doorway. And Ali is, I don't know, doing a makeup or something in her bra and skirt. Which is an odd point of getting ready in which to do your makeup. Yeah, you don't... Like, I tend to do, like... I've got, like, I don't know about you, but, like, when I get ready, mm. I've, like, you know, you obviously shower and everything, yeah. but then you've got to do, basically, your hair, your makeup, and get dressed. Yeah. I don't, I don't tend to do halfway. half, and then just, like, <laughs> and then be like, switch! <laughs> Weird. 
yeah. for me. Yeah. But maybe they maybe they just wanted Ali in her bra. I don't know. Well, I think they do because it <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, another of those visual. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like Renee is mocking Ali for putting more effort into her appearance now that she started working with Billy. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where she's saying, "Oh, you're gonna have to get up like." An hour or so early. And Ali's like, no, I won't. I'm fine. Shut up. Um, And then, yeah, like we say, I think the reason she's in her bra is because there's this... uh, Renee makes, like, a quip about her wishing her boobs were bigger. Yeah. And uh, Ali sort of kicks her out of the bathroom. And then sort of stares at herself in the mirror and is like, hmm, I do, like, uh, wish my boobs were bigger. And then it's like... Oh, we have the technology now that can make your boobs look bigger. So let's get to her fantasy of her boobs getting so big that her bra strap snaps. And the thing is, it's like, Ali, that happens. And then Ali kind of looks at herself like, ugh, like almost like disgusted. It's like, even Ali is disgusted with the special effects you are putting on her bosom. I know. But also, as a bigger, busted woman, Ali, you don't wish your boobs were bigger. It just hurts your back. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's hard to buy shirts. <laughs> yes. So, then we cut to a scene um, at work, and Elaine is showing Ali all about how good she is by handing her the information on the case and just basically rambling on and on about everything she's done to... Uh, See, make everything ready I better. get really annoyed with this because and, no no but wait a minute okay. she's rambling on and on about everything she's done to like prepare her for, for the what case. she needs to do which is what and she's then, supposed to do yes I know but then in but then what the show plays that back through Ali's lens yeah. is that Ali is not really listening to what Elaine's saying no. and listening to her own internal monologue about how she thinks Elaine just tells people what she's done so that everyone knows that she's the one that's doing it and in her head she imagines Elaine's head, head getting, getting bigger, bigger like a bigger balloon as she's talking which again is another recurring yes. gif uh, so to speak yeah it's um, something that they do to Elaine's head quite often yeah and I get really annoyed with it. Uh, yeah. Because especially, I mean, do not get me wrong, as we go through the series, we will see why Elaine maybe um, uh, finds it difficult to have close female friends because yeah. she can be quite catty with her remarks, can be quite personal. But it's so funny. Yeah, very funny. I do love Elaine. I do think she's hilarious. However, like in that particular moment, it's like your assistant is there to assist you. And make and, you look good. Yeah, and make you look good. And in order to do that, she needs to tell you what she's done. She's just doing her job right now. And and all Ali can be like is, thank you, Elaine. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> and I do feel like, you know, women rarely toot their own horn. No. And, and it's that thing of probably because of things like this that, you know, make, people paranoid that if if they're if they say what it is that they've done or how good they are that they're they're tooting their own horn and they're big-headed and quite literally big-headed you know and I just feel like this is a bit uh, I, I do think Ali's being really unfair yeah with her and I agree. being yeah a bit nasty I don't like it yeah and and Elaine is um We'll get more into her backstory as episodes go on, but it's obvious that she has a, a front that she puts on 
mm. uh, and and part of it is uh, you know she she wants she desperately wants people to think that she's you know to put on this image of her being competent and that's mm. not always easy for a woman to do in a male dominated environment yeah. certainly like a law firm would be yeah so I don't know where Ali's kind of where her dislike of that immediately comes from, comes from. like she's uh, not trying to make is... Ali look bad no I don't take it as that but why is Ali because so it's almost like Ali's by this. By that. yeah weird it is very strange but then <laughs> Billy comes up and asks her if she wants to go for coffee yes another gift moment where Ali imagines them in a massive cup of coffee <laughs> yeah I love that cavorting around <laughs> yeah like a hot hilarious. tub yeah it's hilarious um, sexy coffee cup yeah then they and when he said would you like to get a coffee I just imagined like someone said that for, to me I would be like yeah sure I'd imagine we'd go out for a coffee at a cafe yeah but they just get a coffee and go into Billy's office which is the least exciting <laughs> coffee I but they go in with the coffee and start talking about their Jack Billings case. Yes. And it's isn't it through this conversation that Ali finds out that Billy is, in fact, yeah. married? So she... They're kind of catching up and mm. she's, she's being flirty. She's definitely being flirty yeah. and coy with him. Yeah. By being the old, like, seeing anyone, you know, do-do-do-do. Yeah. And he's like, actually, I'm married. Mm. And, you know... He he's straight with her from the beginning. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't you know, there's, you can't give him any bad guy points for no. at this moment in time. No, we'll get there. Give don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we he drops the marriage klaxon, and Ali's immediately like deflated. Yeah, although pretending not to be. Yes, and then she asks whether he's got kids. But that's an interesting question because should that change your? Well, I, th- I think, yeah, I think like, it probably, that- well, I think it probably would. I think if you found out, uh, or maybe it's just like a panic question, like where she's just like, uh, what can I ask about this that isn't inappropriate? Like, do you have kids? Because I guess it's that thing of she's thinking, uh, if you have kids, it's more cemented a marriage. I what? don't know. Well, yeah, no, I agree. But <laughs> I wonder whether that is what is in her head. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, she's sort of, you know, trying to ascertain how hurt she should be by the fact exactly. that Billy is yes. married. How dare um, he? And, and then he, he, he says, like, the worst possible thing, which is, like, I'm really glad that you're here. Not as an ex-boyfriend, but as a, a lawyer who appreciates a talented oh, no, with her. Fuck off, Billy. <laughs> And then they have the whole arrows to the chest. Yes, thing, yeah. She's like, ugh. Because that is how yeah, that feels. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, people laugh about the gif usage in Ali McBeal and it is, like, uh, cliche, but there are times when they nail it. Yeah, Like, it completely. nails the feeling. That and feeling. that's one of those yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So it, it sends her into a bit of a tailspin, this news that that he's he's married and doesn't she start shouting at people in the street like she's on her way to a yeah she's starting walks she starts walking to the courthouse and uh, she uh, the first of many occasions when she bumps into people like she bumps into people she on the does street aggressively a lot. no a lot and at some point you have to ask yourself just look up is it is it you i think it's you i think it's it might not be them. like i walk down streets quite frequently and i don't bump into people that often so yeah, she's... she yeah, so she 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 has her first of many 
street bumps. Yeah. Um, and she has a go at him, and it's all misdirected anger. Yes. Because she's mad about the whole Billy situation. Yes. And she ends her street altercation with this poor random saying, don't say sorry when you're not sorry. Yes. Which is uh, basically what she wants to say to Billy. Yeah. I like the way that her street altercations are often proxy arguments for what goes yes. on in the rest of the world. Yes, yes. But, you know, you shouldn't blame innocent people. You shouldn't, but there is a part of me that wishes that I could do that in the street. Like, because yeah. I, I do it all the time in my head. Yeah. Like, if someone annoys me in the street. And actually, yes. oftentimes, the stuff that I'm annoyed about isn't really the thing that happened with a random stranger. It's the other stuff that's going on. Yes. This is like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes. But, you know, sometimes I wish I could just... But the thing is, is I, ah. yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. But then aren't we in the law court? Yeah, we are. And she's, she's had a bump and she's got to the court. Well yes. Done. And we learn that Ali's father was a lawyer. We do. Um, and, and she liked listening to him. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, so you going to law school wasn't a complete bolt out of the blue. It can't no. have been completely because you wanted to follow Billy. No. Like, surely the fact that, you know, you're saying that your father was a lawyer and you like to watch him in, in the courtroom sort of arguing his case. Yeah. I think that must have been a bigger influence on you than the fact that your boyfriend that Billy gets to all go. the credit for that. I know, like, exactly. Mr McBeal. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, I think your father probably had a bigger influence with you. And we do, without spoiling, we do come across Ali's father in yeah, we do episodes. meet him yeah um, he seems like a nice guy I yeah, it's a shame yeah. That she, she doesn't she doesn't credit him with yeah but it's interesting that she's a lot of the major decisions as to how her life has gone has come through her relationships with men yes. as opposed to for herself so anyway, anyway she's in the courtroom and she's arguing freedom of press with this yeah uh, uh, reverend versus man-made and she seems well as in the very opening shots you're kind of as a viewer you're like oh so she's a competent lawyer like yeah. she's she's not you know dithering or being like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the inner monologue that you get in her head is not how she is in her professional no, capacity she's yes. you know maybe a bit when she's back at the office but when yeah. she's in court but she's, she's got very calm face on and, and very can... in control and she knows yeah, she, she's very prepared and knows her arguments. Except yeah. then he asks her questions about whether they interviewed the minister and got yes. his account. And basically, um, she's, she's like, like, oh, they want facts? Yeah, oh God, <laughs> they care about the facts. Um, so she lost her case. And at that point, you're like, oh, so maybe she's not a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> she gets back to the office and yes. Elaine has already filed the appeal and she's telling Ali how she's already filed the appeal because she's a really good assistant <laughs> and all Ali can do is look at her with her head getting bigger. Come on, I Ali. Know. I know, she's very unfair with Elaine. And then Billy, like Richard's like, what do you mean you lost? I'm really having a go at her and Billy's like, I'm sure she did her best. Fuck off, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, sake. don't stick up for me. And then we get our first bygones. Yes, bygones crack Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get our first Richard Fish saying bygones when uh, Billy and Ali are bickering. Because he's worried, although he's annoyed that they've kind of uh, lost, um, He they've got this big meeting with, this tax meeting where everything has to be reduced, which mm. we don't fully understand because we're not lawyers. Then everyone runs off and just leaves Elaine alone. They do that a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, poor Elaine. All alone. <laughs> um, 
and then uh, aren't they in Ali's office yeah and Billy uh, they kind of get honest and Billy sort of like I think you're really angry, angry. Yeah. and she's like no. well you know uh, well she effectively he just kind of creeps up like later <laughs> this is later that day isn't it it's later it's sort of I at think night it must time be. yeah yeah, and and he's and she's uh, like she's reading, I presume, tax law. Yeah, I'm assuming they're doing their research. <laughs> yeah. um, and basically, uh, she effectively ends up saying that finding out that he's now married yeah. has caused her to lose hope. She said to Elaine earlier that day when they were having that bathroom scene that she got over Billy three years ago, so everything's fine. Yeah, three years ago is not that. Long. long and I don't know if three years ago was when they broke up I imagine it was a bit after because you don't get over someone it, yeah. as soon as you break up no no I think she left uni but she she hasn't had or it's heavily implied that she hasn't had a significant relationship since Billy yeah as far as she is concerned Billy has the been one. the love of her life yeah and I think you know, until you know for sure and the that that can never be rekindled then again. Then a part of you is always like, especially if you weren't the one that did the breaking up or made yes. that decision, part of you's like, maybe, maybe would hold on. one day yeah. we'll come back together again. You, you know, know, the stars will align and we yeah. will meet and it and will that, be perfect. And that yeah. part's been, you know, slammed shut yeah. in the face. Yeah, and uh, then And then in spectacular fashion we get to meet Billy's wife, Georgia. Yeah, and she's gorgeous. And so nice. And so lovely. And a lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, like, she's pretty perfect. And, um... Like, she's genuinely warm and nice. Like, you couldn't... I love Georgia. Like, I have to say, I think she's definitely one of my favourite characters. Yeah. Like, I think I prefer her to Ali. (laughs) It would be so easy and, like, the cliche to write her as someone who... Was a bit cold. Yeah. And, you know, aloof. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. And And just not willing to be friends or get along with the ex-girlfriend. And what I love right from the start is they lay down that that's not how this is going to go. No. Like, they have their tensions as they go through their relationship, which we'll go through as we go through the series. But right from the beginning, she doesn't get any vibe that she's like, oh, who does he work with? Do you know what I mean? Yes. No. She's she's very... Well, she she just comes across as, like, a grown woman. Yeah. Like, in, in a way that Ali doesn't sometimes. You know? Yeah, no, she does. She does. But yeah, so Georgia hooks up with catches up with Billy because she's trying to find out when they'll when they'll leave. And then Georgia's like, "Nice meeting you." Goes. Well, I think at this point she doesn't really know. Uh, all she sees is this is a new person that he's working with. Yeah, she's with. got no she's, reason to be concerned. She's got no background knowledge. No. About you know, their relationship. No, but that then leaves Ali and Georgia... Uh, Ali, and, Ali Georgia, and Billy. Ali and Billy alone briefly, and Ali's kind of like, oh, you know, she seems really nice and everything. And Billy hits the nail on the head by saying you were hoping she was just this... Well, you guys, you were... Yeah, you were <laughs> hoping she was fat, stupid, and missing a couple of teeth. And then Ali sort of... And he's ready to kind of take off, like, bye, see ya. And Ali's like, doesn't let him go until she's like you can't just go like that you have to give me something like something bad about Georgia so I feel better but I feel like I feel like no and I just like and she feels she always says it in a way that you know he owes her that and I'm like why this is the thing this is what annoys me a lot with Ali is she often like she does this a couple of times yeah like acts like Billy owes her something and he doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. No. Like, yeah, it's shit that he broke up with her because he wanted to go yeah. to Boston. Um, and we later find out 
a little bit more about that decision yes. later. But even from what we find out, it's still he like, didn't do anything wrong no. in calling off the relationship. Yeah, he had every right to break up with someone. And it's not nice, it's but not it nice. doesn't mean that he owes you anything. No, or that you, you don't. Get to you don't feel get in better that. about the relationship. No. So it's just basically like, yeah, you need to give me something that lets me know that she's I'm not better, perfect and I'm better than your relationship it's almost just like wanting to feel like I'm better in some respects I don't know that it's I don't know that not, she wants to feel better in it, a relationship not that Billy would secretly prefer to be with her but more that she as an individual can feel better about the fact that she's not in the relationship oh right that she Billy. feels better yeah yeah not that she is better no 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 no, no. I get you and there's I, an I element think... of her compared to Georgia that is better versus Georgia not as a choice as a whole, but like, oh, if I nothing else, this is, I've got this. Do I don't know. I, mean? I think it's more because Georgia is this gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous woman with like long blonde hair, blue eyes. Like she's really traditionally attractive. Yeah, like all Conventionally attractive. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and she's really warm and friendly, friendly. And, and she's smart. a lawyer. Smart. Yeah, yeah, so she's smart. And it's just like, oh, I see you've married the perfect woman. Great. You've married someone who's perfect. Yeah. Great. And she, I think but what she's, she's still... asking for is, can you just humanise her for me so that she isn't perfect? Yeah. I think that's what it's about. Can you just let me know that she isn't some flawless, you know, being that's been beamed down from heaven? Like, she is human like everyone else. But I still think, as we said at the start of this, like, I still think that her asking that question is is out of order because him yeah it's okay, not his job to make her no, feel better about she, she, his life and she knows logically <laughs> that she nobody's perfect so yeah there's no way she's she a does. perfect woman yeah and actually she doesn't need to be told that by billy and billy doesn't have to give her anything to make no. her feel that so i think interestingly this moment is the moment where they almost open the door for Billy to sort have pandered conversations with her that don't involve Georgia, Georgia, which is a betrayal. Well, I think it's it's the beginning of him pandering to her neediness yeah. of his uh, wanting to. But she has a back door to Billy, <laughs> which sounds wrong. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but he's now in acquiescing to her request that you've got to give me something, something. Mm. And he does give her something. He says that she snores, her roots are not natural, and on her left little toe she's got a bunion. I mean, I wouldn't feel... If I was Ali, I wouldn't feel, like, remotely better for knowing any of those things. No. She seems... It seems to... Placate her. Placate her. Yeah. But, like, telling her those things without the kind of... If I was Georgia and I knew that that conversation had taken place, I'd feel, even though those things in and of themselves don't really mean anything, you probably would accidentally drop them into conversation with anyone else. But because of the the context, the context of, of that conversation and the fact that that is kind of private information that probably Georgia didn't imagine that Billy would ever need to pass on to anyone else. Yeah. Certainly not under that context. No. It's an invasion of their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. An unfair invasion. And I think the thing is, is that uh, it's one of those things that at that point, it feels harmless. I yeah, think but it grows. I, yeah, it's only because we know that it grows. Yeah. That like if it had just stayed at that and then they went on just being like professional colleagues and maybe, <laughs> you know, acquaintances, maybe even just normal friends. friends yeah. But it doesn't stay. It doesn't. At that. No. 
And I think this moment is the moment where that yeah, I think I think open. you can sort of point at this and be like, this is the the opportunity Billy had to say that's that, inappropriate. I, 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 that. I'm not gonna trash talk my wife so that you feel better, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is the moment. Yeah. He he could have done better. So then we get into our first bar scene, which is very yes. exciting. So we also see the dancing twins. I know. The I love when twins. she goes dancing in the bar. I love when uh, Von the Shepherd is playing Tell Him, which is I know something about, about love. <laughs> yeah. The twins become. Well, it's interesting because they. When Annie McBeal first aired and it got a load of press because it was so new and fresh and like uh, different. Yeah. One of the things that in the write-ups were always like, and Ali McBeal is, you know, the dancing twins and blah, blah, blah. it was like a trope that got mentioned a lot. But actually when you re-watch the series, they use the dancing twins quite heavily in the first series, but then they kind of drop off. They kind of disappear. So they're not... Um... And they're always dressed like they're... So the dancing twins are these two, like, brown-haired men that have, like, these big nerdy glasses, and they're yeah. often dressed... Well, they're always dressed identically, but they've got a really odd sort of dress sense. They kind of look like 90s nerds, almost. Yeah. Like, and they always have these What's geeky... the twins' backstory? We never really find know. out. As well, I imagine they spend their days creating dance routines <laughs> to do with the, the like, bar. We never even get their name. No, we really. don't. No, not at all. They're and I think you rather hear them speak. No, like, they're just always there. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. And yeah, and it's just like random window dressing, I suppose, like a prop. <laughs> yes, yes. So they, so Renee and Ali have gone dancing to because, kind of cheer up. Yeah, Ali says Renee always makes her go dancing when she's yes. depressed, which yes. I'm fully in favour of that. Yeah, I think therapy. that is good best friend move from Renee as yeah. per usual and then they go home after dancing and they're talking about I don't know Jack Billings or something and there's a knock at the door and Georgia has tracked down where Ali lives how, how the fuck did she do that and I love that they open the door Georgia's there and the psycho thing yes <laughs> brilliant Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That's something that um, Annie McBeal does really well. It doesn't only do visual memes, it also has like audio yes, cues that yes. they use from like old movies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Um, so yeah, Georgia, and you know, my note here is how, what, why, who does this? <laughs> I know! Yes, that's exactly the same thing that I've put. It, and and basically she, she comes in and... Billy doesn't know she's there. No, no. So how, how the did fuck she get has she address? done this? I wonder whether she has... Uh, Followed her home? No, I wonder whether she's somehow... Elaine. Yes, gone to Elaine. Yes. And been like, so, um, I don't suppose you know where Ali lives. Or like, butted <laughs> Elaine up with something. Yes. So that Elaine's like, oh, someone likes me. And yes. And she's like, I'm oh, sure. Basically flattered her into... Because I, I, it's one of those things I can imagine Georgia spotting the kind of person Elaine is. Yeah. And, and clearly the reason she's done this is because she says she felt a vibe in the office when she met Ali. Yeah. That there was something off. And she said, I know that you've been on a few dates. Which yes. Is an understatement of the century. Exactly. Um, she's been really upfront. Too upfront. Like, yeah. I don't know. Would you Would you do that if you... No. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking. If I happen to, like, 
see my husband at work to just find out when he was going to be home and then saw that <laughs> there was like a weird vibe with some random girl. The first thing I'd do is just ask him about it. I know. Like later. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't track her down <laughs> to her house and actually knock on that door and be like, hey, so... And also it must be quite late, right? Because yeah. Because they've been out dancing. They've been out dancing. I'm just like... I would I'd be like, oh, they're obviously out. Oh, maybe I'll come back another time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not just like wait outside until gone midnight. So she's and basically... Is Billy not like, huh, where's George? <laughs> Maybe she's gone like, like, you know, I just need to go and get something from the 7-Eleven. And, and, and been out for like three hours while she waits exactly. for them to come back from the bar. Oh my goodness. So basically, Ali has to, she has to correct the her. Yeah. And that it was more than just a few dates. They were, um, they were in love. That they were in love and they were lovers. And that, and Georgia has to say, so presumably that means you made them. <laughs> I know, I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> so Billy's basically completely downplayed Completely sanitised. Which and, is yeah. not cool. No, not cool. Not cool. Poor Bad Georgia. move. Like, way to make her not trust a word that comes out of your mouth. I know. I mean, honestly, because everyone's had previous relationships. Like, no one's that naive to think they're marrying someone who's never had a past. Well, this is the thing, is that I'm kind of like... uh, Because when Ali corrects her, like, Georgia sort of seems very kind of thrown and sort of you know, clearly threatened and, I mean, she says that she's embarrassed, that, you know, that she's done this, that she's come here, but she just had this vibe, she had to check it out. Yeah. And it's And just... Ali actually makes the point that, you know, you should be hearing this from Billy. This, yeah. This is and not she's, a conversation yeah. we should be having. And so she's like, I know. <laughs> I've given, although I sort of docked Ali points earlier for sort of cracking that door open with Billy, she sort of almost gains points back here for being like, I cannot, you should be talking to yeah, Billy about this. Yeah, I can't be, yeah, you need to, he needs to be straight with yeah. you. And then Georgia sees the picture of them. Oh, no. I know, because that's the thing, I was like, I'm sorry, who keeps a framed photo of their ex-boyfriend from like, we're thinking three, four years, years ago, ago on your fucking mantelpiece, like pride of place. Like, why would you keep it in a box under your bed, marked, you know, yeah. memory? Past. Yeah, exactly. But to still have it out. On the mantelpiece. And with, like, she lives with Renee, who, uh, was it this morning or yesterday, she was saying, I got over him three years ago. Yeah, Renee's like, points first thing to the mantelpiece. I, yeah. She's like, really, Ali? Really? The first really? thing I'd throw back if I was Renee is be like, well, what the fuck is that doing? <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, I do. I anyway, do. yeah, a clock, Georgia clocks that and, and Ali's immediately like, visibly distressed. It's a memento. <laughs> um, and then they kind of, you know, and Georgia just turns to Ali and says, I'm sorry, but I really hate you. Yeah. And and Ali goes, oh, I hate you too. And she's like, and you're then, not just saying that? And he's like, no, I really do. And then they sort of just laugh together. Yeah. And I, I kind of find that really sweet. Like, yeah. I really quite like... Something that, about being completely open with Yeah, that, that despite the fact that Billy is clearly not comfortable being honest about Ali to his wife. Or at least, his wife to Ali, probably. Yeah, at, at least Ali and Georgia have started from a place of... Honesty. Brutal honesty. Yeah. 
and that's actually something really I think quite different yeah like we said before like the usual trope for the wife of you know the the love interest would yeah. be that she'd be cold and you know because actually what that's done is build built a connection and a bridge between Ali and Georgia where actually that scene could have been written a completely different way where Georgia's like well I hate you and never come near my husband again yeah, and then, but I and see you two then, together <laughs> and they're then rivals yeah and that's not what not, happens no, no which is really interesting yes so so then it's the next day yes and they're in Ali's office and Elaine is basically reassuring Ali that you know nobody's gonna think bad about the fact that she's lost her case yeah she's kind and of sticking up for her <laughs> Ali's just like kill me now um she's like thank you Elaine yeah. <laughs> um but like Elaine's not like it's just the two of them in that office there Elaine's not showing off for anyone no. she's, I think she's genuinely trying to build a rapport with Ali just going about it in a really in a bad way misguided with it yeah um, but then the, the meeting yeah. and Billy is interrogating uh, Jack Billings. Billings yeah you know he's uh, Billings is giving kind of as good as he gets and at some point well after the first question really Billy then says can we go off the record and he sort of says are you having fun and yes. he's like loads of fun uh, or I'm and then and then he says so I grabbed her where's the harm she doesn't look emotionally wrought the job she has now pays her more money you can't just sue somebody for being wrong counsel you have to show damages do they not teach that in law school these days a uh, big like this is my objection like point. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so we should probably explain this for the audience. So yes. every um because <coughs> one of the tropes of Ali McBeal is where everyone slams their hands down on the desk and goes objection. We've decided <laughs> to have that as a recurring item in our podcast. So yes. every episode, each of us will pick a moment to object over. Yes. Yeah. So clearly we've come to Eleanor's. Yeah, my this is my <coughs> that idea that he he's going. Yeah, I did it. I did it. So what? Yeah. She looks fine to me. Yeah. And it, in the light of everything that has kicked off in 2017 with me hashtag me too and times up and all that kind of thing, we now know it. it you know that that is that this stuff is damaging. The fact is, you harassed her out of her job. Yeah. The fact that she walked into another job that pays her more straight away is just it's a quirk of the show yeah. and has nothing to do with you or what you did. Yeah. Had, you know, it very if in real life, what would have happened is she would have lost her job and she would have become known as the woman who makes a fuss when, you know, and, and calls sexual harassment and it probably would have tarnished her, her reputation. And actually, my objection was also just generally about Jack Billings in general. Oh, he's I guess we can just talk about an asshole, yeah. But my... Objection! His comment where he says, she doesn't look emotionally wrought. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't know. And actually, that's a real problem with the law. Is it? I don't know if it still stands like that today. And I'm not on my current American law. But as it, <laughs> as, as it stood back then... You had to be able to prove damages and proving emotional damage, that's really hard to do. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's why some of this stuff fizzles out when yeah. you try and sort of sue someone for damages on emo um, sexual harassment. I, because how do you prove yes. emotional yes. damages? I have been, like, not in 
the exact same situation as this, but I have been in situations at work where someone has been doing something to me and it has been really upsetting and I have gone to a manager and told them and in the, the midst of telling them I've gotten very upset and crying and la 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 and one of the options that has been given to me is having a meeting with the person that has done this and basically showing them how upset I am and I'm like why should I have to cry for them for them to see exactly. that what they are doing is wrong yeah why should i have to make a scene basically and be like this is how much you hurt me yeah no i've got i want some dignity in like this me process telling you that i've been emotionally like upset and traumatized like that or should be whatever you know why should i have to cry you a river for you to know that you've done wrong because emotional damage presents itself because, yeah, okay, she may not look emotionally damaged to you, but how do you know that she's not walking through her current job that she's so lucky to have fallen into and it's still got an income, so where's the damage? Um, yeah. How do you know that she's not spending every day thinking, oh, who's going to grab my butt? Yeah. And how do you know that's not going to come back as a flashback at some point? Yeah. As, like, sort of post-traumatic stress, stress type yeah. thing? You don't know. She may not even know that yet, but no. you cannot just get away is, with it. the fact is, you are not entitled to touch anyone no. who doesn't want to be touched. Yeah. So... Don't do it. <laughs> it's very fucking simple. Yeah. And that's the end of that. Now we've solved sexual harassment. Now what are we next? <laughs> well, Ali kind of has the last word because yes. they then go back on the record and yes. Ali immediately says, I'd like to let the record show that the deponent is a fat, arrogant, overweight, bold pig. Thank yes. you. Ali. And immediately this uh, causes Billy and Ali to have a fight in the unisex yeah, they're bathroom. They're storming into the bathroom. Yeah. And Billy's main argument is a lawyer is at his best when he's dispassionate. I think this is a very interesting point because what does this say about what we value in terms of demeanour in the workplace? Because so many of the skills that is seen as being a competent professional, professional are actually traditionally male-based traits. Yes. So being uh, authoritative and assertive and, yes. you know, aggressive at times. That's all, you know, oh, he's a strong leader or she's yeah. a strong leader. If she's, if well, it, it depends who's doing it, doesn't it? Because yeah. you do find those things where women are assertive and, and it's seen as aggressive. But actually using your emotions and your empathy skills are not as valued, even though they can often lead to better outcomes. Mm, yeah. In terms of how you lead, in how in terms of how you get jo your job done. So I don't necessarily buy Billy's argument. Yeah, and um, it's like, well, it, this is a case that is personally affecting her, so... And she's like, you have to show them it, that you're a fighter. Yeah, excuse her for feeling something, you know, when this man is saying, I don't see what I did was wrong yeah. for her having an emotional reaction to that. And this immediately kind of, this discussion then immediately sort of segues into Ali having a go at Billy for not telling Georgia that... Yeah, for the playing true down, nature of yeah, their playing down the seriousness of, of their relationship to Georgia. Yeah, and then that's when Billy sort of, you know, she, she well, Ali's saying, Billy, you should have told Georgia the truth. And he's like, well, well, what's that? And she's like, that you loved me. And he's like, 
yeah, and he and he and then he goes into too much detail. Then he says, you know, I loved you so I should have told her so much I loved you so much that we often just stayed on the phone to each other just, just so that we could hear each to other breathe, breathe and fall asleep, yeah. And it's like why bring up that memory? Like, I think that's really unfair to then bring that up. Because Annie's yeah. trying to keep it at a level where it's like, end of story, you downplayed your relationship and that made things really awkward for Georgia. Annie, yeah. but, but Georgia. Yeah, you, you know, were not fair to her. You've told, you told her misleading information. And for Billy to then take that and then, because he's in the wrong there, but then to take that and try and defend himself by being like, oh, should I have just done this really intimate thing that's going to bring up loads of memories for you that you're then, you know, like that's not mm, yeah. a cool thing to no. then throw back. And that automatically takes her back and him back to that point when they were together. Yeah. And those memories that they had then is a bond that they had at that point. And, you know, she's obviously trying to get over him still. And he knows that. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that he doesn't know that. And to, like, like he couldn't, he didn't have to say that, is no, what I'm saying. No, yeah, yeah. Even if he was still like, oh, leave me alone, he didn't have to go there. Well, this I mean? is the thing with Billy, is I think, and we'll see this more as it goes on, I think he really is someone that wants his, you know, wants to have his cake and eat it kind yeah. of thing. He wants Georgia... But he also kind of likes that he's got Ali pining after him as, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll definitely see more of that. Asshole as Billy. Yeah. Um, Asshole we... Billy. <laughs> and then we find out that the just the toilet flush and Richard was in a cubicle. <laughs> yeah, and this happens all through the show this where the they think, yeah, yeah, they think they're alone. Like two people will be in the unisex bathroom having like a private, relatively intimate conversation, which. Arguably, they probably shouldn't do in their work toilet if they don't want yeah, to be overheard. True, true. But they do, and they'll think they're alone, and then the toilet will flush, and out pops someone from the office who's yeah. been earwigging. And Richard, <laughs> he had his feet up um, because Billy was like, oh, I checked all the keywords. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so obviously, this is a problem. This, this is, is a thing. known thing. Um, and he makes some excuse about having a back problem that Billy has. <laughs> 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 Yeah. And then he says, oh, you know, you're lucky it was me and not somebody who's at all interested in other people's lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my God. Um, so then doesn't Richard ask Ali to meet a client and be the estrogen in the room? Yeah, so Richard... And flirt, basically. Yeah, Richard asks her to meet this client and in a meeting room. And Ali says this thing about how she doesn't like conference rooms because... Com- what was that? Conference room. Conference room, sorry. <laughs> said conference room. Conference rooms. She doesn't like them because she says she, she feels... She kind of shrinks and feels like she, the clients look at her like she's a little girl and she feels puny. Yeah. And I'm like, Annie, you can grow stand- up. I mean, not being funny, but like, she's what? She's how many years into the working world? I know. Like, it's part of her job to meet yes. clients in courtrooms. Yes. And yeah. we've just seen her in courts. She's yes. competent in court. And to me, a courtroom is way more intimidating than a friggin' than a- conference room. Well, I think it's one of those things where you have your fortes, don't you? You have the things you have that your you're comfortable space. Yeah, yeah, things you're comfortable with. And the things that, you know, maybe cause you sort of, you know, But I cannot ever imagine going to my boss being like, I don't want to do this aspect of my job that is very clearly always been an aspect of my job because I feel (laughs) puny. Like, my boss would just turn around to me and be like, sorry, what? (laughs) Puny? You can't do your job unless you do this, so I suggest you get over it, you know? 
I think what it is she's experiencing is imposter syndrome, isn't yeah. it? I empathise with that because I think a lot of women, myself included, also feel... And men, to a Yeah, I think, I think um, it's something that everyone gets. Um, but I think women step. tend to struggle with it more. Yes. Um, is, um, yeah, feeling like, you know, actually you're a fraud and should you really be here? Yeah, should um, you really be here? Richard answers that as being like, oh, don't worry, you're just there as in oestrogen, you know, to flirt at <laughs> people, just smile at both the woman I suspect is a lesbian yeah, and the man. Somehow he thinks the woman's a lesbian. So flirt with both of them. Yeah, so this basically pushes Ali too far because she's under a lot of pressure. She's lost a case. She's got Billy... uh, uh, Married. Married. (laughs) And um, she's just been asked to smile at lesbians. And she she basically... And she feels puny. She flips out at Richard and (laughs) says... Hits him in the shoulder. You can't do this to me. It's all too much. um, And walks off. Then we cut to a scene where we have an odd combination of characters that to us as the audience, shouldn't be seen in cahoots because, you know, Ali comes back to the office and she sees Richard talking with Jack Billings and taking him to his office. Sort of friendly. Doesn't he have his arm round him? Yeah, and Ali follows them and is like, what the hell is going on? Like, why are you just best buds all of a sudden? Yeah. And Richard drops the bombshell that he's offered him a job. Yeah. She says she wants to to quit. Richard has offered him a job. Richard said he's just offers double his salary if he comes to work here because the OCD defence was so uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And you know, he sort of represents everything that I stand for. Yes. Yeah. Says. So so uh, and Ali says that if But he's got him, OCD, uh, he'll go around grabbing people's butts. And Richard goes, Well, I assume you just made that up to win the case, did you? And Jack Billings goes, Yes, yes, I did make it up, but, but don't so, tell anyone. And yeah. Richard Fish goes, I didn't have we to. We get the big reveal. He he was recording Jack Billings on what I assume is a dictaphone. So they, they yeah, it was in the, in the budget. It was in the budget. Um, and they managed to double cross him. Yes. So, you know. So they have got jack billings on tape admitting that he was faking the whole thing and so he'll have to settle now yeah. so then <laughs> so then before she goes in her office elaine um is trying to get her attention to let her know that someone's in there but ali just ignores her and goes yeah, all the way in there or, you know this is what you get for ignoring people who are very helpful yes exactly <laughs> and georgia is sitting on the couch and then obviously elaine just behind her going you have a georgia thomas <laughs> Thank you, Elaine. And Georgia well, is she, like, why, so you told Well, she Billy. turns around and goes, did you have to tell Billy that I came to your apartment? Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, well, Ali doesn't owe you anything either. I know. Like, why does everyone think everyone owes them something? I don't understand. Yeah. And, and then Ali goes, well, I told him in an upbeat way. <laughs> yeah. Which is really I, I put a positive spin on it. And then Renee... Yeah, we, then we hear sort of a bit of a commotion outside the outside, office. Um, and it's really Elaine is trying to stop Renee from storming in there. But Renee just comes barging in anyway. Yes. Um, and and then Renee's like really upfront with Georgia. Like, yeah, why she, she's you, like, not been here, come here to be nice, you know, to be nice again. Well, yeah, I think it's uh, Renee's calling it as she sees it and is going, I think the only reason you are trying to strike up some sort of friendship with Ali so that it might yeah Yeah. so it might stop Ali from trying to get with Billy like behind your back which is you know like 
All right. Why do you have to say that though? <laughs> I don't quite. Uh, it's, yes. You know, it's kind of like why are you being so like, like overprotective of Ali? Like yeah. uh, I, it's a bit weird. Well, no, I don't agree that it's weird that Renee's protective of Ali. I think that's what friends do. But I do think it's weird that everyone's having all the girls are having a go at each other when actually the person they should be having a go at is it's freaking Billy. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, then Richard just joins in. <laughs> Like, what's going on? It's yeah, like... And this is an example of, um, and probably, the, yeah, it's the first example we get of one of their really great quick fire group scenes where yes. everyone's just like, bam, bam, yes. line, 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 and you're like in hysterics <laughs> of it happening. So after lunch, Ali, Billy, and Richard are having their client meeting that Ali's been so About like taxes. Uh, yeah, and basically, Ali sort of imagines herself in the conference room chair as like a tiny as a child. puny child <laughs> um, but she actually does come up and she also spends a lot of time just eyeing up Billy to start yeah, with and it's yeah. like leave it alone but then she actually just comes up with a good point so it's like it just goes it's the imposter syndrome personified yeah whilst you're imagining yourself as a 12 year old girl in a chair yeah actually you are competent and yes. if you give yourself half a chance you can you, win the day yeah exactly and and what she says is something that basically means that they win the tax thing yeah because i didn't good. understand whatever happened, whatever happened it was, it was good. good because the very next scene is, is them like celebrating champagne. yes champagne. and i'm sorry but it is the morning isn't it oh no it's, they've just had lunch so yeah so it is the afternoon because i was like not what? who had champagne early. in the morning no, yeah, it, no the it is the afternoon post lunch fish is uh very happy he's like here's to the account and uh, i think billy says here's to the new colleague um, Ali. Yeah, he um, says to Ali, and uh, then lots of staring. Then I, I just <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and then, so Ali, Ali has to leave. Yeah, Ali, uh, the, the staring competition becomes too much, and Ali has to excuse herself. <laughs> um, but then Billy bloody follows her. They, they, they don't give each other space. No, they don't. In this no. office at no. all. Like, if someone left a room, I wouldn't immediately think. <laughs> Well, I've just followed them because it's like they left the room for a reason. Yes, yes. Um, but Billy follows her to her office. To her office, and he's like, "Is this gonna work?" You know, well, doesn't he? Doesn't doesn't he go? This isn't gonna work, and she's like, "Yeah, I think you I, should I leave. think you should leave." And he's he's like, like, "Why? Why should I leave?" You know, you should leave. She's like, "I'm not leaving." And Ali's like, as Ali says, she doesn't want to leave because she doesn't like it here, and so she ends up saying, "So I still love you." I'm not afraid to admit it. I still love you, but I love the woman I'm married to. Really, I, am not I mean, that's a massive, in the first episode, to be like, right, so there are feelings, feelings. on both sides. It's not unrequited. Yeah. No. And they're just kind of saying, they just agree that it's just going to get easier with time. Well, they're just, they're, they're just going, they're just admitting to a difficulty in their current situation. And, uh, yeah, I've got a note here saying, love the background singing narration, which is Fonda Shepherd. I yeah. don't know what song it is, oh, right. but she's going, He knows what I'm thinking without a sign. She's like a Greek chorus. Yeah, she? she's yeah. so, like, on the nose like yeah. that, but I kind of love it at the same time. And they're like, it's going to get easier in time, and then they're like, how much time do you think? Yeah, like, how long do which you think is, this which will is last? What Ali and Georgia, that was the same conversation they had about yeah. uh, their, their, their yeah. echoing that. Um, but yeah, and then he leaves, and she basically bangs her head on the door. <laughs> 
saying, I have my health. I have my health. I have my health. <laughs> um, yeah. And then at the end of the day, she's getting the elevator down with, with Richard. And Richard takes it upon himself to give her some advice. Our first fishism. Yes, yeah. which I loved. Um, and he says, the only thing you can really take to the bank is money. Um, make, make enough, enough money, money, everything else will follow. Quote me. That's a fishism. That's a fishism. <laughs> so we've had our first fishism. fishism. Yeah, I feel like I should embroider these and put them on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, I, I think we should, as we go through it, when we come across a fishism, decide is that a good fishism or is that or is that an actual good piece of advice or is it not yeah i would say that one is not a good and piece not a good piece of, it's very bad fishism capitalist myth but fish fish is is a massive capitalist oh yeah uh, the you know. capitalist poster child absolutely so you know ali is then left to walk home alone um and she basically walks home whilst having flashbacks of the young yeah like the Billy montage from the it's kind of come full circle hasn't it we've got the flashbacks from yeah. earlier where uh, billy and ali's relationship from childhood and sort of happily running and kissing in the rain and her voiceover says one of the things that i really enjoy um which is the real truth is I probably don't want to be too happy or content because then what? Yeah, it's basically her going, she likes the idea of the quest and being lost. Yeah. Like, because, I don't know, it's the journey or some kind of bull crap. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> happiness is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and this is a theme that we'll see over and over again with Ali, which is, you know, she is not someone who would be ever happy just settling. Like, she's always striving for... Yeah. More. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I, I, I think um I think women settle way too often. And that, to me, as a young woman, was really inspiring. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So that's the end. And that's the end of, of the pilot episode of Ali McBeal. I mean, as a pilot, I think, you know, it does the job. A lot. It does the job. Like, there's the setup. You know all the characters. I mean, I feel invested. Yes. I mean, it sets up and starts a lot of the tropes and the beginnings of, of storyline arcs that absolutely continue throughout the entire series yeah you know it ticks all the pilot boxes really i would yeah wanna, well i did tune in before yeah. <laughs> we did come back <laughs> um so the only thing left to do in terms of business podcast business bygone podcast business is business. we threw in our objections and um, the other things that we want to do every week is actually do something called retrial retrial which is where we take the case of the week if there yes. is one, there usually is. Yeah, most episodes, there is the odd one that doesn't have a trial in it, yeah. but most of them yeah. do. And basically we discuss whether we would find the same verdict if we were on the, you know, how would we decide yeah. if we were if on we the jury. If we were on a jury of this case, would we so, yeah. agree? So this case of the week was the Reverend Kessler versus Man Made Magazine. Mm-hmm. So, to recap, Mad Made magazine printed a story about the Reverend um, that depicted him as this sex-crazed pervert, and he sued the magazine yes. to say that that's, uh, you know, stop that, don't do that. That is libel? Yeah. Yeah. 
stop that, don't do that. And then there's like <laughs> the technical terms of that is, think you're fine. <laughs> and although it went to appeal, they eventually found um, that the, the, in favour of the, the magazine. magazine. Yeah. So what would you? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, like I agree with, I agree the, with the founding fathers. Yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> I think the founding fathers had a point. Yeah, I agree too, because, you know, as uh, you know, you can't, once you start legislating for the freedom of, of press, press, you go down a slippery slope. That is a really dangerous society to be in. And also, if they had evidence that someone has gone to them and said that this man has done this thing then they have every right to print that yeah fine well that seems like a simple simple cut and dry um and the final thing that we want to do every week is do what we call verdict of the week the jury's back yes which is where we each choose a character and we lay a verdict of guilty or not guilty on them and give our reasons why. Yeah. So it does And it can be guilty or not guilty yeah. of anything. Like whatever yeah. the yeah. So basically who's been a rotter or who's been a good a person angel this yes. this week. Yeah. So who's your chosen uh, who have you chosen to give a verdict on this week, Eleanor? So I have given a verdict of not guilty to Richard Fish. And that's, that's that's surprising. Yeah, well, I kind of felt like I should give him a not guilty because I've got a feeling that in future episodes I may be giving him quite a lot of guilty right. <laughs> sentences. Okay. So okay. I was like, let's be fair. He has been her guardian angel this episode because what he does is he comes along right when she's lost her job or she's yeah. quit her job and gives her a job. Like, yeah. no, no interview, no, just kind of like, oh, yeah, I know you, we used to go to college together. Like, yeah, come join my fun, young, hip office of I mean, lawyers. Some might say that means he's guilty of bad hiring practices. <laughs> <laughs> there is that argument to make. But in the the context of this, he is also her guardian angel for tricking Jack Billings oh, yeah. into admitting that he was lying about his OCD and therefore forcing him to um, settle on this case. Yeah. So that Ali has has won her, you know, sexual harassment case, basically. Yeah, Yeah, like in the few days that he's come back into her life, he's like magically kind of clicked his fingers and made two big problems go away. Unemployment and her yeah. winning sexual harassment case, you know? Well done, Richard. Yeah. So I have chosen Billy to be guilty. Oh. And this is because I think he should have told... Like, half of the problems in that storyline this uh, week came from him just not being straight with Georgia about yes. Ali. Yes. And that's his, like... We've talked about how he's also sort of committed various missteps in terms of Ali, but his main duty should be to his wife. Yeah. And he just completely, like, completely basically lied about the nature of their relationship. Yeah, for some reason. For no reason. Wouldn't or couldn't trust her with the truth. And Georgia deserves better. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. So, so I'm just like, Billy, you're an ass. Ass Guilty. Billy. Guilty (laughs) ass Okay, so there we have it. We've made it. Have Our a first feel. episode. Yeah, good. good. Good stuff. I'm excited to to do the next episode.
episodes. Yeah, next episodes. Yeah. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, and that you'll join us for future episodes. Subscribe um, to, to us, please. Wherever you get your <laughs> podcast, that would um, be nice. Yeah, leave us a review, drop us a line. Um, if you did want to uh, give us any feedback, tell us what you thought of the episode, whether you agree with us or not, we have an email address, which yeah. is bygones, B-Y-G-O-N-E-S, podcast at gmail.com. Or you can search for Bygones Podcast on Facebook or at Bygones Podcast on Twitter and we'll be happy to hear from you. Yeah. So until next time, Bygones! bygones. <laughs>